You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras Podcast Athletics Edition. Pleased to be joined by A's reporter Jane Lee. Jane, we appreciate the time. As always, the GM meetings taking place right now in California, close to home for the athletics and A's executive VP of baseball operations, Billy Bean, a well-deserved award. He was awarded the inaugural MLB Executive of the Year Award. The team won 97 games last season. Obviously, it was a great year for the athletics and a well-deserved award, right, Jane, for Billy Bean to get this uh, in the inaugural year. Yeah, very much so. I mean, the fact that um, it was awarded to him by his peers, um, I think it was one uh, rep from each club voted on the award. Um, So the fact that it was – you know, his peers, uh, you know, recognizing what he did, um, the way he built this team. Um, I mean, it was really remarkable. Um, and obviously easy, you know, when you're, you're seeing it day in, day out, um, to, to appreciate it, but for, you know, his peers to also recognize what he did. Um, and in a year where there was a lot of great things going on around baseball, um, you know, you look what was happening in Milwaukee, Tampa, um, obviously clubs like Boston, um, a lot of deserving um, executives out there. Um, so for Billy to stand out from the pack, um, not exactly surprising because um, you know he's, he's obviously made a name for himself over the last couple of decades and um, has been at the forefront of a lot of um, you know great things in baseball. Um, but for him to still be doing it, finding new ways, you know, with such limited resources, um, it, it really is remarkable, and it's cool to see him you know, get recognized for that. Yeah. And it also, in some ways, not that he's done by any means, but a lifetime achievement award in some ways for Billy Bean. He's been on the cutting edge of analytics, as you said, for so many years and really set the foundation for a lot of the way the game is played and managed today. So it seems like this is almost an appreciation of what he's done over the last couple decades. Yeah. It's kind of apropos that, you know, the first one goes to him. I think, um, when I put it out there, a few people were joking, you know, they might as well just name the award after him right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you know, for the first one, um, you know, very deserving for him. No question about it. And in terms of people working with Billy Bean, manager Bob Melvin, uh, recently given a contract extension, as you talked about last week on the podcast, and he's one of three finalists for AL manager of the year. Um, Oz, do you feel he can pull this out and also speak to it looks like the whole coaching staff will be back next year very well deserved yeah I think um, you know I mentioned last week um, when those contract extensions were given um, not just to Melvin but to Billy and to David Force the GM um, who also can't be forgotten um, his fingerprints are all over everything as well um, you know I think there's something to be said about you know, continuity within the organization. Um, and that of course extends to the coaching staff. Um, I mean, you look at what they've done. Um, I think especially, you know, uh, their hitting coach, Darren Bush, I think hitting coaches don't, um, you know, get a lot of recognition. I think they're only, they only find the limelight when, you know, things are going South. Um, and so I think, you know, he deserves a lot of um, credit for what he's been able to do with um, a, a lot of young hitters that really figured it out very quickly. I mean, you look at guys like Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, um, what they've been able to do so early in their career, 
at the plate has been huge. Um, and, you know, everyone, I think it, it was a, a really good staff, obviously. So um, it's, it's always good when you see, you know, everyone coming back and continuing what they um, started last year. Um, and, and of course, with Melvin, I, I do think that he has the edge. Maybe it's easier for me to say. I do, uh, you know, think about East Coast bias some and wonder how that'll play into, um, you know, the other two nominees who are also, you know, obviously deserving Alex Cora, Kevin Cash. Um, and I do think it's important for a lot of people to remember that these um, votes were cast before the postseason began, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, there'd probably be some recency bias, um, you know, with the Red Sox and Cora. But, you know, when you look at the regular season, um, what Bob Melvin was able to do with the parts that he had and the way he so just, you know, effortlessly just, you know, made it all work um, and managed everyone um, and everything with so many different moving parts, so many different injuries. Um, just, you know, how he was able to do it and the way he goes about his job with such a, you know, even keel, calm manner. Um, it really feeds off on his guys. Um, and it, it just seemed like no matter what adversity they were going through, you know, this this team kind of stayed intact, stayed, you know, level. Um, and I think that started with Bob. Talking with A's reporter Jane Lee and a couple guys that you talked about, Matt Chapman and Matt Olson getting well-deserved awards. First ever gold glove. Uh, for both those players, last infielder for an Oakland, an last Oakland infielder to win, Eric Chavez, all the way back in 2006. So very well-deserved awards for both Chapman and Olsen. Yeah, very much so. I don't think this was um, surprising for anyone either. Um, Chapman was definitely a slam dunk, and I think it was really cool, especially to see Olsen recognized because, you know, a lot of talk around Olsen is usually involving his offense, the home runs, um, but you watch him defensively. Um, it's really remarkable. Um, and he saved, you know, Chapman, um, Marcus Simeon, Jed Lowry from so many errors um, with just his digs, his scoops. Um, he is so good over there um, and can be overlooked. So I think the fact that he was, you know, rewarded in this way, um, was really great to see. And I mean, Chapman, this is just, I think I wrote, you know, this is just going to kind of become an annual tradition for him and probably for Olsen as well, I hope. Um, you know, however long Chapman plays, however many years, I think that's how many gold gloves he's going to get because he's not only established himself as, you know, one of the best, probably the best at third base um, in baseball uh, alongside Nolan Arenado, but the best at, you know, the best defender at any position, really. Um, you know, he's, he's not just making the routine plays, but the highlight real plays pretty much daily. Um, so I think this is kind of a foregone conclusion for him to get that gold glove, but still, nonetheless, both of them getting it after just their first full year, um, is really cool. And, um, you know, for the A's, um, you know, obviously nice to know that they're going to have these guys for a long time. No question about it. And they're very important to what the team was able to accomplish last season. 97 wins, just remarkable. And perhaps even more remarkable is the team was able to do with a payroll of $60 million, at least at the start of the season, which was the lowest in baseball. That was the transition into the offseason going into 2019. Could we perhaps see an increase in that payroll where, the A's could be even more aggressive now on the free agent market going out and trying to 
you know, enhance their roster going into next year even more. Yeah, I think everyone got a little excited when um, they heard Billy Bean and David Forrest talking about, you know, the payroll going up next year, but it's all relative. And when, you know, they're talking about it going up, it's not going to um, go up by tens of uh, millions of dollars. It's going to go up incrementally, you know, year by year, they hope. Um, and so I think that their spending habits this offseason, um, you know, aren't going to differ that drastically from years before. Um, yes, they do plan on spending money, but are they going to be in on, you know, those big name free agents? No, um, that's just not who they are. It's not the way they can spend right now. Um, you know, and hopefully that narrative changes when, if and when, you know, they can find that new ballpark site and get in there. Um, you know, the revenue will obviously be different then, but for now, kind of status quo in the way they're spending. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about the payroll going up, um, you know, I would imagine um, pretty minimal um, relative, you know, to, to the way they're used to spending. Um, but, you know, they're still going to be, you know, very active, I think. Um, it's just, you know, they're going to be in on a, a different tier um, of players than, you know, those those big name, big spending teams like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, Yankees, and so forth. Um, you know, they're just not going to be in on those big guys. Um and, you know, you really hope to see them not just be active in that free agent market, but maybe spend some of that money, you know, on the guys in-house, guys like Chris Davis, you know, maybe looking at extensions for someone like that or, um, you know, for a Matt Chapman or a Matt Olson. And with the GM meetings taking place right now, and of course the winter meetings in Las Vegas in early December as we wind down here, Jane, what do you see as a priority for the A's? Of course, yes, you talked about limited payroll, but Billy Bean has certainly been able to work with that so well in the past and last season, certainly indicative of that. So what is the priority here going into the offseason in terms of managing the roster? You know, when you look at the free agent market, the A's are never going to be the team to set that market. You know, they're not going to um, make that first move. So I think they, um, especially, you know, in regards to pitching, maybe see how it plays out, um, see what leftover parts there are and, um, you know, the money involved. So I think right now um, the, the priority is, you know, mainly looking at, um, you know, some of the guys that they had this year that are now free agents um, and exploring ways to maybe retain those guys. Um, Jonathan Lucroy and, and Jed Lowry are the biggest names. And I think those are the guys that they focus on. Um, and I think especially Lucroy, you know, between catcher, second base, um, I think the need for catcher is the bigger one for them right now. But at the same time, they're not the only team. I think a lot of teams out there right now do need catching help. Um, and, you know, at second base, uh, Jed's been so good for them. Um, but his value obviously um, is extremely high right now. And they do have someone in-house who can replace Jed right away. Um, and that's Franklin Barreto. But the same can't be said at catcher. Um, you know, their biggest catching prospect, Sean Murphy, is probably a little bit further away in terms of being big league ready. So, you know, whether that um, impacts them prioritizing Lucroy over Lowry, I would assume that to be the case. Um, but, you know, Lucroy and Lowry, you know, when you become a free agent, you know, you deserve obviously the right to look around and see what other offers are out there for you. Um, and I think both would be seeking multi-year deals. And I'm not sure that the A's, um, you know, are willing to commit, you know, 
uh, more than a year um, to either of them. Maybe they make an exception for one of them. Um, and again, I would think that would be LaCroix, but kind of have to wait and see. So I think right now, just kind of settling um, things with those guys, you know, will be the priority. Well, Billy Bean always seems to pull the right strings, as we've seen for so many years. So we'll see what he's up to this offseason. Jane Lee, we'll check in with you again soon. We appreciate the time. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Absolutely. Jane Lee joining us on MLB Extras. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 